What happens when you take Facebook arguments between friends who don't agree and have them face to face? I'm Xanthi. And I'm Andrew. And this is We've, We've Got, Got Issues. Issues. Hello, and welcome back to We've Got Issues. I'm Andrew. I'm Xanthi. And we are here for episode 13. They said we'd never get past 12, but here we are. <laughs> who? Who? They, they, you know, with the quotes around them, they many people, said that. Many people are saying yes. that Z to A would many never people. make it to lucky 13. Yeah, but here we are at lucky number 13 uh, of episodes. And uh, You know what's weird is we, what? we're not running out of stuff to talk about. No, it's as if there's a whole world of things and issues <laughs> that we can disagree on. Of terrible on. things that we can discuss. So, um, so I'm excited about today because we're going to talk about bits and other things. But first we're going to play the game that made us famous, that put us on the map, <laughs> really. Uh, I'm a little worried. I just want to go on record today as saying yeah. Andrew came in <laughs> feeling way too gleeful about everything yeah. today. So mm. I have to say, I'm just... I'm a little nervous. I'm going to get destroyed. Just, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I uh, <laughs> I felt I felt good actually coming into this. I felt like I had my arguments lined up. I got up. up my game. But we'll we'll see. So um, Andrew's going to ask me some questions. First, we're going to just do uh, we're going to do this very egalitarian. I'll ask you one, then you ask one, and we'll go three okay. three we'll versus alternate. three, and we'll Perfect. see how we do. And I don't think mine are that challenging. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. Words. So uh, this week, a uh, billion dollars got wiped off of Snapchat. Uh, because of somebody's tweet and the the uh, tweet or because of advertisement that was on Snapchat and oh. somebody got upset about it and um, the uh, advertisement that was on that created this billion dollar loss was would you rather punch Chris Brown or what oh my goodness and when you say a billion dollars got wiped off Snapchat you mean off their stock price yes okay. so somebody so somebody said don't use Snapchat because they wrote because wow. because they allowed so this advertisement. there was some temporary fallout for this them. app called Would You Rather. Wow. And, uh, okay. Who, who, so would you rather punch Chris Brown? <laughs> this is like a drinking what? game we used to play yeah. in college. It, would you rather exactly? Um, I, I yeah, I did not hear this story. Okay. Well, Chris Brown. Right. I would like to punch Chris Brown because because he beat up his girlfriend and is, is a domestic abuser, uh, Rihanna. Rihanna. Yes. So that's correct. Oh my God! Please so tell me he, that the second a, part of that wasn't. Yeah. Would you rather punch with Chris Rihanna? Brown? No. Slap Rihanna. Would you oh rather my punch? God. So then she got upset about that. Yes. And uh, and so then um, they had a billion dollar loss in Snapchat stock stock price. Wow. Um, which I'd say it's temporary, I, right? So. It's temporary, and also like. I don't know about beating up on things because of the advertisements they take at some level. Like, I think people should edit their advertisements, but I think also it's very difficult to... to it's just hard for me to take any of this seriously because it's Snapchat and it's temporary. Yeah, and, and I think she wound up really rewarding this Would You Rather. Like, and gave them a lot of now attention. Now everybody's heard of this Would You Rather app. Right, right. So actually wound up being kind of... But anyway, she, that's what she did. I mean, I that sounds like good advertising thing. to me. So I'm going to give you the point for that. So you're... Oh, All right, thank your turn. you. Um, all right, um, so this is also a pop culture question. Um, who, uh, someone this week, in the, in, the, in the vein of all this Me Too stuff, someone this week got in trouble for uh, kissing somebody who did not want to be kissed, and there's been a bit of controversy mm. over it. And I was wondering if, um, and it was on television. And is it the kind of a situation where that person would normally be kissed? Like a kiss would be kind of, no. it was derigored? Or it was no? an inappropriate kiss. So somebody who, that they just thought like that's a little creepy. I feel like I've heard this story a little bit, um, but 
and, and this is actually, I think, coming up a lot, which is like, is it okay to kiss people in the workplace, all that kind of, uh, but yeah. I, don't, I have no idea. Oh, so it's Katy Perry, who's oh, a yes, judge. Oh, yes, yes, and it was the boy didn't want to be kissed by Katy Perry. He said, I just saw the headline. Yes. Didn't like it. Right, so there was a fairly, like, religious, I think, conservative 19-year-old right. boy who was auditioning for American Idol, and he was one of those kids who was like, I want my first, he's never kissed anybody. Yeah. And he said, I want my first kiss to be special with someone that I love. Right. And Katy Perry, like, like basically me. coerced him, was like, come over here and kiss me on the cheek. And as he came over to kiss she, her on the cheek, she, she turned her, and kissed him, him smack face. on the mouth. She's like, well, thanks for ruining that for me. Yeah. Pretty much, actually. Yeah. And so I think what was interesting to me about it was it this was discussion of like, was that okay? And if not, why not? And why isn't she in trouble? But she is kind of in trouble a little bit. And I actually did find it completely distasteful and inappropriate and gross. And there's a situation where, yeah. you know, he even said, I didn't feel harassed. I just felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, We're going to be all double standards all day. This is going to be our double standard episode of, uh, of number 13. So I don't know. I don't, I actually, I'm so not sure I'm going to give you that. So no, I get, I don't get any okay. points to that. Although I did, I did recall it. All right. So my question here, on, on our double standard theme. <laughs> Martin Shkreli this week got seven years in oh, prison. I did see that. Right? And had um, seven years in prison for defrauding investors. Of, uh, of which of, he'll serve what? Of, like two. Of but ten yeah. million, oh, fine. He'll serve two. How much time and money did Elizabeth Holmes for ten million invest for defrauding? How much time and or money of penalty did Elizabeth Holmes have to pay for defrauding investors out of $700 million? How much time is she going to serve? None. She's going to serve zero. Yeah. And, or is that none? And she's only yet. paying a half a half a million wow. in, in fines wow. for a complete fraud. Right. And to me, although a different kind of fraud, right? Wasn't no, it was basically exactly. Oh, it was. That was exactly. She basically pretended they had something that they didn't. Yes, have. and they were using different. They were using they had, like old technology and claiming it was yeah, new technology. Yeah, they had like a hundred thousand dollars in yeah. revenue. This is for people who don't know. She was the head Theranos. of this company called Theranos. She was like a wonderkind right. at nineteen. And she made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And, so wait, does she get to keep all of the hundreds of millions of dollars then? No, she's not going to have any money. But okay. she's, but at the same time, she's not, you know, we just sent Martin Shkreli to jail. And you were like, oh, only two years. Like, <laughs> and, and you're not like, Fair Elizabeth enough. Holmes needs to be put away for, she, she did something that was, uh, sorry, was the factor. 700 versus 10 million, 70 right. times worse. <clears throat> yeah. And also, I, I mean, I think the reason that she was able to raise that money is because everyone's like, oh, it's the female Mark Zuckerberg at last. Right. Well, she also, was, she was less of like a cartoon villain. Like Martin Shkreli, right. like anybody who right. ever even, I mean, even his name, like anybody who ever looked right. at him was like, yeah, that dude well, is it's, bad news. It's the Martha Stewart thing, which is like, right. if you're just mean to people and just like, <laughs> con, you know, she wanted, he wanted like a hair of Hillary Clinton's head. He was just, he, he was, was a professional troll. He bought that Wu-Tang Clan and, yeah, album exactly. for a million dollars. You know, he just, he had obviously had. He also boasted about. He also problem. boasted about his, you know. But he should. I do not think that they should. They just put him away because, like, look, like. Yeah, that's an we're interesting put, comparison. But it's total double standard. Yeah. And uh, I and they get should, they the should, point. Did you get the point? I did. I said zero. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, you did get the point. Okay, and so here's a Princeton bonus question. Okay. Miriam Heckler Bear. Yes. Brandon Bears. Do you know Miriam Heckler? Yes, she's a, a law professor. She's a law professor. A classmate, a classmate of ours. Ours. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so she's local. I hope she's listening. Um, well, she actually has been quoted on this. She actually thinks that the solution for corporate criminal liability, which mm -hmm. we're talking about, mm -hmm. is to do what? Um, something that's not already being done. Yeah, something to uh, and she's written basically her. This is her her, her career. Thing. This is her thing. Okay, and, I um, hope that's right, Marion. Please correct us if yeah. we're wrong. So, is to do what? I have no idea. To abolish it. 
basically say we shouldn't have any criminal penalties for corporate fraud mm. and just have insurance companies cover it because it's not a deterrent and then you get these white crawler criminals and it's and it and the law is meted out very unfairly as we just discussed like you have uh, so she's actually written a number of different um, law review articles about that um, but anyway uh, Miriam if you want to come in discuss how I got your position wrong <laughs> or mischaracterized it please you come are, you or you Brandon have an open, an open are, invitation are welcome to come on we've got issues uh, but I'm not giving uh Sandy, the point. Okay. Bonus point. Yeah, yeah. But you're still 2-0. So I think we're 2-0. All right. Here is my next question, which is, um, someone recently tweeted, please get your shit together or Mm. we will all die. (laughs) And this person got in a lot of trouble. Um, And I was wondering if you heard this story. Well, I assume it's a tweet. who it was and to whom this person was referring. I I assume it's to Donald Trump as to be the person that it's... It's actually, it's actually not, interestingly. It's not, okay. Although he exists in the background of the Right, of the tweet. please get your shit together or all that. So it's somebody who's at the White House who should be, uh, maybe it's their Kelly or McMaster, who's presumably resigning. <laughs> um, or being fired, yeah. Yeah, uh, I could see it being... Yeah, no. I mean, this could one of those yes. guys. Okay, any so one of those guys needs to get their shit. You're together. totally right that it could have been yeah. directed at those people. Or we will all It die. actually wasn't. It was di- directed at the Democratic Party. Oh. By um, New Zealand's um, <laughs> second in command diplomat. That's, that seems a little bit the, hard. And she, got yeah. in, and she got in big trouble, right? Because she's supposed to be a diplomat. And she's saying to our. To her me. name's Caroline Beresford. And uh-huh. she uh, tweeted this at the Democrats yeah. in response to an article. The United States Democrats. Yes. In response to it, because she's here, she's the second in command to the the New Zealand uh, ambassador to America. Okay. Um, I like it. The Kiwis she, are making national news. <laughs> yeah, and she. Um, the article said that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren should be the ticket for 2020, and her response to that was, "Are you out of your yeah, goddamn that is, minds?" That is absolutely and, um, for about a million reasons. Figure out why that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Anyway, God, it wasn't a very diplomatic thing to tweet. No, but it, you're glad she mentioned that because she's... <laughs> I don't know whether we're all going to die, but I think um, that those would be very poor choices and would not give the American people a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I like so, that story because it seemed like something that maybe Breitbart... Yeah, look, at we're all counter... You know, it's weird is that like Breitbart actually probably would have loved, that, like, yeah, loved that article, yeah, but it I wasn't in Breitbart. Okay, and this is the third one. I just love this story. So, I can... so a man in Oregon was attacked by a samurai sword by his girlfriend. He was asleep, and she basically took a samurai sword that she had taped to the bed and... Cut off his fingers and started to chop, but he defended himself. What? He, yes, but she attacked him with a samurai sword for having what on his phone? A dating app. Yes. Ah. <laughs> Tinder. Yes. And so this is my favorite thing. So he was very. So he had been playing twelve to fourteen hours of a video game, uh, pretty much nonstop. Oh god. This new video game called. Um, Fortnite, you know, Fortnite. we land on the I've on even the heard of that, believe it or not. Right. Wow. So he'd been playing essentially that. And uh, and so he was all like, I, he said, I was able to wing Chun my way to survival. So he did he used his karate and oh skills God. to survive this samurai oh sword attack. You have to, this is going to be a big story. No, it is not. <laughs> this is going to be a big story. It is really. If she has, had chopped off his it penis, has, it would be a big story. It is. But it's if like, she only chopped off his it's fingers. It's the Lorena Bobbitt of. It's got all the elements of going all, viral. All except she's one. Got, she's got green hair. This guy is hilarious. He wing chunged his way to survive. Okay. I don't even know what you, that I is. don't know either. I was like, why wing chung? No, wing chung. Um, so that's 
So that's uh, the third one. You're three for three. I'm over three. So right. let's see. Let's do one. Because I one didn't know chance. the New Zealand ambassador second in command. You know, my job is to pick stories from the hard. liberal from the liberal yeah. side of things, Andrew. That's right. All right. This one you will probably. Just this this one you will probably know. Uh, yeah. Um, so someone. Oh, maybe I should just say who it is. So <laughs> okay. Trump. Trump. You said it. Say I his know. Name. Sorry. Got busted for lying. Lying this week. Okay. Which I know is not really a story. <laughs> that is a shocker. Really. <laughs> what made this one different? Who to whom did he lie, and who who busted him? Uh, who who did he lie? Um, this was a story all over the place. Um, he hasn't yet lied to Mueller. Mueller. Well, that's what everyone wants to happen, right? Because then, <laughs> then they can actually do something or lie to Congress. Uh, and then I think there was a... I can tell well, you he was lying about... Um, there's this issue about McMaster where they said he was gone. He was gone lying about was economics. Gone. He was lying about... Oh, about... Oh, Larry Kudlow? Is it about Larry Kudlow? <laughs> no. And how they're going to appoint Larry Kudlow? So many options. Right. Uh, and... Uh, oh, maybe it's about firing Rex... Tillerson that he said that I don't know, <laughs> but I don't think he lied. Right. About so this that. story involves my my I think one of my favorite heads of state. Um, you have a head of favorite heads. I do. Currently? Justin Trudeau, of, oh, of, of Canada. Canada. Of Canada, yeah. And uh, Trump was giving a speech in St. Louis this week, uh-huh. and he in his speech revealed that when he was talking to Justin Trudeau, yeah. he lied to him. About whether the U.S. and Canada, whether the U.S. has a trade deficit with Canada, and he insisted to Justin Trudeau that the U.S. had a trade deficit with Canada, even though they didn't. But they definitely don't. Yeah. So either he was lying or he was wrong. But the funniest thing about the story is he actually busted himself by telling this story in a speech in St. Louis, like bragging basically that 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 this was a lie that he had told Justin Trudeau. And I think his audience probably said, "Yeah, let's like you're a deal maker. You shade the truth. You you like." If I hear one more person refer to this idiot as a deal maker, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip out. He's he's a buffoon. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) But like. But, it, like, there's no bigotcha there. Maybe that's how you like, make deals in the New York real right, estate no, world. Exactly. But it is not how you conduct actually, even yourself in the New York, with heads of state. Even in the New York real estate world, like, I think people think, like, he's toxic. He's the and lowest they don't of the with, low. Don't want to deal with him. But, like, you know what he is, right? Like, I think that the whole thing about Trump is, like, everybody knows what he is. Like, it's not even about lying. Like, the guy doesn't even have a real true sense of reality. It's, it's, it's a shit show. It's a yes. real, like... It's unbelievable that we're here. Yeah. And it's... And we can laugh about it. We can laugh Hillary about it until, until something for, horrible for, happens. Oh, but, my God. No. But I think... Um, yeah, I think it's... Exactly. We're going to laugh about it until, like, there's nobody left with a brain running yeah. in the government. And then yeah. we're like, oops, we... Or all the people them. running are, like, absolute ideological fanatics right. who are going to be only too happy to use Trump's incompetence as a reason to perpetuate. I mean, there already are people doing that, right? Right, right. Uh, as a reason to perpetuate but some so pretty f- vile acts. So far, things are okay. And that's the, that's the weird thing. Oh, it's my like God. Actually, this is, we, we will forever disagree on this. You don't think things are okay? I 100% do not find what things What part, okay. what, what don't you think? Well, it's interesting. I was actually kind of musing on it. I was like, well, we haven't had, like, a big racial blow-up in the last, really. Not, not like Ferguson or, like... Or like we were having every like. Uh, how about months. the how about the Nazi? Yeah, we had that. In we did. We did. It's true. Yeah. There was that. Yeah, but I, I, feel, I guess it feels like now like. Well, see, Andrew, this is the, the thing, the right? It's right. not that we've had nothing. It's yeah. actually that we've had That's so much, so much. Yeah. That we can't process it anymore, Maybe and we just are like we're like 
you know, yeah. attention span is challenged because we're constantly like, what's a new thing? What's a new thing? Oh my God. The fact that you could have forgotten right. about Charlottesville that, yeah, exactly. is kind of ridiculous, but I'm sure you're not the only one. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you're not the only one because now there's like the, you know, the Parkland shootings and the gun marches. And right. And that's exactly. now taken center stage as right. like the focus of activism this week. Yeah. No, it's really true. And I do think we're in this posi- this this thing where we're all just sort of tuning out. We have to tune out because, like, if you pay attention, you'll go insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, which is why we're going to talk about something stupid like New York Times obituaries, <laughs> which are totally well, so not important. I actually important. don't think this is stupid at all. This is a story I, we that we agree that... on that. We have a point of agreement, which is that I actually think it matters. <laughs> all right. So for those of you who don't read the New York Times or don't read it as avidly, perhaps as I do. Uh, the New York Times recently began a series called Overlooked, where they are writing obituaries for people who've died any time, really, in the last 167 years who were not covered by the New York Times, who, in retrospect, they're going back and looking at and being like, why didn't we write a, um obituary for Charlotte Bronte, um, for example? Mm-hmm. Uh, this, Charlotte Bronte is one of them? Yeah. Um, so they've now... This is Women's History Month, mm-hmm. I guess, and mm-hmm. so they are, the ones they're doing currently are all women. But they're going to branch out and expand it to other overlooked uh, populations. So, you know, men of color, women of color, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah. you know, my first impulse, my first reaction when I saw it was that, like, oh, this just seems sort of a little PC and annoying. And then I started reading them. And honestly, I was crying. I was so moved by some of these stories. Uh-huh. And then I, in the end, was really moved by the by the whole project and I am the 100% perfect tar- target demographic. Yeah. <laughs> I fully admit that. Um, anyway, so I I um, mentioned it to you but I think maybe you don't agree with me on this. I do, well, I, I, I mean, I have a, I may have a nuanced view on it and I also, by the way, I was so uh, certain kind of coming in here I was like oh I think I'm so in the right that I was kind of like then I actually kind of got worried I was like well I feel like I maybe I feel like I'm too in the right here like may, maybe like I'm not even going to come into this with an open mind so I'm, I'm trying my very best to kind of come into this with sort of like oh an open mind but here's why I think here's my argument as to why this is a mistake a misbegotten project I, and by the way and we do agree that it's important I think I actually think this matters and here's why I think it's important um so, so if we if we talk about what an obituary is, right, mm-hmm. right, and I actually found this great quote about it, right, which was like that what you know that an obituary is not a news story, right? It is actually supposed to be this kind of this thing that happens that talks about somebody's life at the point that they die and in the context of the life that they lived, yes. and also in the context of the time that is now looking back on it. So it's 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 important. It's a, it's not it's not supposed to be a news story, right? Well, it's supposed it to be, is insofar as it reflects what we consider newsworthy in the moment because we don't just do obituaries of nice people or you know exactly good it, people we do obituaries of people who accomplished something newsworthy so i guess in that sense i would say it is a yes, story. yeah um what they say is like and this is what the actually the obit editor said from the new york times in 2012 he said obituary is much much more than a notification of death it is the first attempt at a posthumous Biography. Mm-hmm. It is an assessment of a life lived with all the advantages and disadvantages that this person was born with and all the opportunities and difficulties that life threw at them and what do they make of their three score and years and ten on this earth. We confuse it with a news story at our peril. So I think an obituary, in other words, is a thing. It is something that is defined that we that we believe is important. Mm-hmm. And and so now if we're historians and we're looking back at the New York and we think New York Times obituaries are some of the most important. And we ask ourselves. Certainly, the most widely. And then we ask ourselves, 
did Ada Lovelace or did Charlotte Bronte have it? And I'm going to ask you, did Charlotte Bronte have an obituary in the New York Times? Yes, no, or kind of? What's the answer? No. But she did. Initially. We just, we just had one. But now she has. So no answer to the question now. Yes. As of today, yes. did she? Yes. She did. Yes. So she did and she didn't. Okay. So she kind of. <laughs> right? She can't be both. She can't both have yes, had an obituary well, and now not. now she has, but a week ago she had. Exactly. So okay. she's, so, so, but is that a real obituary? No, I mean, none of these are real in the sense that they're all being done it, it, after the exactly. fact. Exactly. So what we've done here, right, uh-huh. is, is we've taken this thing that used to be something that we cared about and it was like a historical moment and a perspective and a context and it's an art, it's a form, it's an yeah. art form yeah, yeah, yeah. and we've stretched the meaning of it sure. to expand it to include things that In aren't obituaries right. but that are part of history right. or that are right. articles or historical mm-hmm. articles or, and that's where those things belong. We shouldn't change the definition of an obituary and expand it. And, and, <laughs> and that is where, and I actually think that's really important. And, and it's for the same reason, like, you shouldn't be able to, like, retroactively announce your wedding. You have a wedding announcement. Being like, <laughs> I had a wedding 20 years ago, and I, but we didn't think it was going to be a good wedding at the time, but it turned out it was great, so let's go back and announce it. I would it. love that. Are right? you kidding? That yeah. would be the best. This turned out really good, so, yeah. so let's go back and announce our wedding. So that's why I think this is a mistake. Okay, so you object on a kind of purist level to this idea that you can't rewrite history. You can't say that people were significant in their time it's if the they best, weren't It's the definition of revisionist right, history. Right, right. And, and, and it's... It's exactly what it is. And, and well, that's where we differ, Andrew, because I'm 100% in favor of revisionist history. Well, so here's why I think it's a bigger issue. And then talking about revisionist history and all this, I think there's a balance here between truth and fairness and equity, right? And that's, those are two different virtues, right? What's true and what is fair and equitable and right and what the values we want to have, right? And I think that is a huge conflict today in our culture. Right in that, um, and you I think we keep saying you, right, but I'm not going to agree. What did you say? I said you keep saying right, but I, I'm not oh, going to agree. But I'm going to let you finish. Um, sorry, uh, I, you just want. I'm looking for understanding, not agreement. <laughs> um, so I'm just I looking to see. Words. Do you understand? Do you understand the, the argument that I make? So, so truth. Uh, that's that's a very fair point. Um, so I think there, but I think there's a conflict sometimes between truth, right? So, and, um, and equity and like what we want to be, what, what we, okay. we think is fair. And uh, I think you could, for example, talk about merit in terms of affirmative action. One of these areas where we say like, hey, maybe fairness is more important than whether this person is actually more meritorious or not mm-hmm. as to what we want to rectify. And so those things are sometimes in conflict, truth and fairness. Mm-hmm. I think that when we talk about journalism and the institution of journalism, truth should always trump fairness or equity. Because I think that without truth, journalism falls, and the New York Times falls apart. Like, if they can't always say, like, hey, these are the facts and this is what really happened, and it gets into this gray area where, like, this wasn't, I'm talking too much, but this was an obituary, but it wasn't an obituary, and that means something else now, that is a kiss of death for... So I have to say, like, I think that's really interesting and it's a totally valid argument. I completely disagree with it because I think that you have a very flawed understanding of what history is. And I think to think that history is is equatable to truth is actually a total um, misperception 
because who writes history? Who decides what history is, right? And there are all these quotations that people, Historians. you know, there are all things like, yeah, history is written by the winners. History is written by those with the privilege to be able to sit down and write the history. Those are the people who decide, you know, these speeches are important, these people are important, these accomplishments are important. Yeah. So I think what the Times is trying to do, and I really, really do applaud this, um, and why I think that this project actually rises above a kind of like PC-ness run amok, is that those people, these women in this particular case, their accomplishments, while they were in fact quite well known during their lifetimes, um, their accomplishments were not judged by the New York Times, at that time run exclusively by white men. Yeah, um, and that's the truth. Were not judged um, important enough, yeah. right, to be allowed to be written in the paper of record. So the whole idea of revisionist history is that we go back and we find the accomplishments that were that have fallen by the wayside, that were not uh, that the winners, so to speak, or the people of privilege did not um, deem important enough. History is one hundred percent biased and opinionated. It's the so, idea you that you can find that, an like, objective going truth. Back. But don't you think there's 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 a truth in like this is what you know people thought of Ada Lovelace's contributions at the time. And that's, and maybe it wasn't fair that they weren't recognized, but, and maybe it wasn't fair that, you know, that but people recognized her as, as a huge contributor in the first soft. And, and now in retrospect, we can see, as a historian, we can see she right. actually was the first soft, she was right. the first software engineer. Right. And like, that's amazing. Yes. But nobody saw it at the time because. But see, that's not entirely that's, true because I think, I think what they're trying to focus on is actually women who were, whose accomplishments were, these weren't like invisible women who didn't, you know, who who labored unrecognized. These were women who did things like the first woman to climb Mount Everest solo without oxygen. Like everyone recognized that at the time as a great accomplishment. The problem is that by the time she died, um, or at the time right. she died, for whatever reason, someone was like, "Yeah, that's not that doesn't rise." Yeah, the to The obituary level. editor, who's the person who is responsible to look right. at the so, culture as it is <clears throat> at the time and right after somebody's died and make an assessment: right. Is this person important? But or then not? here's the interesting question, which is: If you look at the statistics which the Times published, they said that over the course of the 167 years that they've been writing obituaries, 15 to 20 percent of those have been women. Okay, in the last uh, in the last two years alone, two-fifths um, have been women. Actually, that sounds more fair. Um, the point, the point, the, 40%. Point, the point being that, you know, do you believe that in 167 years, women only accomplished 15 to 20% as many valuable or interesting things as men? Well, that's a hard question to answer because... Um, because women didn't have as many opportunities right. 100 years ago, sure. right? So um, they weren't going to be women who were going to be able to be put into the position of being an Edison or an Einstein because they couldn't get into the universities to learn, you know. So uh, I think that, that answer, you can answer that two ways. One is to say, would they have been capable if the world had been different back then? And would they have had as many Andrew, accomplishments? How do you make the world different? You make the world different in this particular case of women, right? By changing by highlighting, history, by rewriting it? By highlighting the women who have accomplished extraordinary things. Because then you're proving I'm over okay and over that. again. I'm okay with I that. I you are. I'm just not okay with calling it an obituary. <laughs> and I'm not okay with it coming out of the obituary okay. department because you're changing the word. You're changing the meaning of something that's okay. true so maybe to something to that's not a true. Word. That the word in itself. But it's this lady at the obituary me. department who's decided, like, you know what? I'm kind of like 
don't I'm, think it's a woman. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an African-American woman at the obituary department who said, okay. I've been doing all these obituaries, and I was like, what about all the women? I'm going to go out and, and create these these things, and I proposed it, and because she's doing her job, like, and that's probably a boy, and like, good for her. I mean, she's put the obituary page on, on, on the, the front global page. front yes. page, but at the same time, for the New York Times, bad move, because the thing that everyone cares about the most for the New York Times for to be relevant is yes. truth. And if they if they get away from the idea of like you know what truth obituary news, is a truth wiggly news word reporting is one thing truth an obituary is totally subjective no it is not it, it mean, is because it, they decide every day as they said they get like yeah. they pick you know but it, at least one percent of people least every day we can say this about the obituary it is a snapshot at the person's death yes of what people thought was important yeah and now it's not yeah and yeah. that's and that's, that's a mistake they have to make it if they want to be like. This is in our our new section of fake obituaries or of like people that we've missed or and like but it can't be an well, obituary, to be fair, considered an obituary. To be fair, they are putting it in a different category, which is this overlooked right. section. So it's not like they're trying it's not like they're publishing, you know, Charlotte Bronte's obituary I, today I, I in the obituary it, section and saying like what is this it's a historical <laughs> article? It's just it, it's that's all it is. But it, nobody would care about it if it was just a news article. Right. Or 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 a book review. Right, right, right. Or hey, here's Charlotte Bronte's this is how we normally learn about Ada Lovelace. Somebody writes a book about it yeah. and then you read about it in the New York Times review of books and somebody talks about her life. And you're like, oh, now I know who she is. Yes. But or Wikipedia, but we never see it in the obituary system. Interesting. Section. Well, and I, I think that uh... is that is why I think it's important, and maybe it's not that important. But <laughs> but um, no, it's an interesting. But thing I think because... truth is it, when I talk about. I, I do think that for journalism, you always my first thing is like truth comes first. I hear you, and I think it's a valid goal. I just think that over and over again, people make sexist arguments. That they that they and this may not be one of them, right? But people over and over again make sexist arguments where they present things as inarguably truthful. Like, uh, what did I just hear on the radio? That that the, the, one of the arguments against hiring female commercial pilots on airlines was, well, it's going to cost the airlines more money because they book one room for the pilot and the co-pilot. And if one of those people is a woman, now they're gonna have to book two rooms. So that seems like a fact, right? You can't argue right. with so that. Just, yes, just they, two are, women. they are gonna, <laughs> right. But at the time that seemed like a really valid argument. Like we can't possibly have a female co-pilot because yeah. then we're gonna spend twice as much money on housing. And to them that seemed like a very valid, truthful yeah. fact. Uh, yeah. And I just think, you know, you have to be careful because what seems right. like a fact today you know, tomorrow becomes an opinion. No, I, I actually, I think we're then agreeing. I think we both think that the truth is really important. Yes. And and actually, Phew. you can you can argue, but I but I actually think that this is not on the side of truth. I think this is actually on the side of of rewriting the truth, rewriting the truth, yeah. or or just because of where they put it and the way they constructed it. They, if they wanted to write these articles and call them anything other than well, they are kind of Andrew. They it's in its own section. They're playing a game here, though. They're definitely playing a little game of being like, this is our obituary. I will tell you, the, my only objection to it is that it, you know, I'm and always, know, my, my know hackles go up when people accuse the New York Times of being like a bastion of liberalism. Um, and it is, certainly, in some ways, <laughs> on its on its yeah. editorial page. Right, just um, like the Wall Street Journal. You know, but I, but I don't like the idea that you can dismiss the entire New York Times because its editorial my, page is My grandfather is, is worked for the New York liberal. Times for over 50, and he had an obituary in the New York Times, by the way. Oh, I didn't know unpaid. that. Unpaid. He actually got one for... Oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's very um, nice. But he was, a, he, was a, he was a sports writer for the New York Times for over 50 years. I did not know that. So, That's uh, very cool. I believe in the New York Times, and I uh, am loyal to it, but I think... Um, 
and but other places you by the way you can pay for an obituary too like yes i know you know so obituaries <laughs> that's what i think they're 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 not necessarily truthful and they're not even necessarily yeah, they can be paid, but with the one thing that's true about them is they're written at the time the guy the person dies. All right, and, all right. And you're, so you're a purist. You're an I'm obituary a, purist. I'm an obituary purist. <laughs> and by the way, I was kind of digging into the obituary world. There's like a whole subculture of people who are really into yeah, obituaries. Yeah, I know. And um, I'm not one of them, but yeah. Yes. So well, I think if I was I, an obituary I purist, I'd come I appreciate this a good one, and I always know what I'm. I've sort of I've read enough to know the structure right. and appreciate it. Well, all right, we, cool. We, uh, let's move on. <laughs> That's, right. That was what I was excited about. Now we can talk about Connor Lamb. <laughs> I don't well, really I'm care. a little excited about let's Connor talk about Lamb. Connor Lamb. And I think it's a good topic for us because, so Connor Lamb won this special election in a fairly conservative and rural part of Pennsylvania that Donald Trump took by X number of points, I don't know. Um, and he won by a razor thin margin against a candidate who was like, you know, signed, sealed and delivered by Donald Trump and his family. Right. Um, and everyone's really excited about it. Right. <clears throat> is this a bellwether? Is this what's going to happen in the midterms? Is he the other is thing? This is the strategy for the Democrats. Is he a template like this guy? Um, is he a template that we can copy? But it's also stirring some outrage because he is, in fact, quite conservative. Right. And he goes against the kind of Democratic um, main line. Can't think what the. But they've is. always had sort of moderate Democrats in in Western Pennsylvania. Like, uh, isn't Arlen Specter was a moderate Democrat? Mm-hmm. In Pennsylvania? I think I so. Think so yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I think he was. And you know, and uh, that other guy. Um, they, yeah, that Rendell maybe was named Governor Rendell. Ed Rendell maybe. So anyway, there's there's, there's a, history, a, tr- right? there's a tradition dog, of kind of Democrats, blue, they're called, blue right? collar, like middle of the road. Yeah, right. Democrats. So you know. People on the one hand are super excited that he won because uh, he is still a Democrat, um, you know, and that could portend maybe a swing that if people are so disgusted with what's going on that even in a district like this that didn't even field a Democratic candidate for a number of elections, like that could be a good sign for mm-hmm. people who want to take back the House. Um, but then also people are kind of um, outraged because they're like, and it's actually so great because his outraged? last name is Lamb. So people keep calling him a... Lamb a, to the slaughter? A, no, they keep saying he's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh, I see. Which is funny, Who's outraged right? the left? Uh, yes. People, people Darn it, we hate, we hate winning. <laughs> well, this <laughs> he's going to vote I with your caucus, you dummies. <laughs> you people are so stupid. I'm not you, but... Those people. Well, so I don't believe that. Like, yeah. I think that that is ridiculous. Like, and I oh, think, whoops, like, there goes my... Like, we'll take oh, him, right? right? I don't care that He's he doesn't support, with you. Yeah. you know, he, he actually, he doesn't personally support abortion. Right. But he will support abortion rights. He does not support the strictest forms of gun control. He does right. support universal background checks. Um, he supports the tariffs, interestingly, because right. um, this is a big steel Is he going to caucus with the Democrats area. or not is all that really matters, you know? My sense is mostly yes. Yeah. And I think... It's very dangerous because uh, people, purists who are outraged, yeah. to me, are, are really shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you've got to win where you, you win. Take your, take your wins when you can. Absolutely. Yeah. It's completely and it was close nuts. too. Razor thin and they're going to contest it. And so. by the way, I think there's more Democrat, there's like 70, I was reading Carl Rose's editorial in Wall Street Journal <laughs> on this. And he said something, I think, that there's like 70,000 more Democrats in that district than there are Republicans. So, like, like it was razor thin, and they were already kind of losing the hearts and minds of Democrats right, right. there. So, like, pretty important win. Yeah. Um, and uh, especially because, I mean, and yet, I think that the next election is going to be the fight for the soul of the blue-collar white male. Like it certainly that, has shaping up. That is... 
And you know, maybe we don't like that because that's not, but I think that's it. It's just like, do the Democrats still hold an appeal to that, to that demographic? Um, the union guys, yeah. like, are, are, they, are they still the party for those guys? Um, or, you know, it's a party for people like women and, and yeah. black people and Latinos. No. Well, them too, <laughs> them too, right? But like, is there still a place for those folks? Yeah. Like, or is, is going to be sort of saying like, no, we're going to, yeah. we're going to lose the blue collar white male yeah. and like, we're just don't. Well, it really also points and out I feel the like difference kind of between. Gave, up, gave that up. And, well, and, see, but it points up the difference between running a local election and running a national election. And this is where the national elections have gotten so screwed up, yeah. which is that it used to be that you could run a national election and make a broad appeal. You know, you had to make a broad appeal like Obama did and say like yeah. hope and change or yeah. Clinton, you know, uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. Uh, and, th and this idea that kind of identity politics is toxic, I think is not true on a local level, but it may be true on a national level. Because I think part of the problem is that when you start um, and I hate the term identity politics. I'm really just using it well, it's as not a identity. shorthand. It's not. It's not toxic if you're in a district that's like 80 percent minority. Correct. Then it's very positive. Exactly. Like, it's like great. I got the. But if you're in a position, if you're in a national and also level, playing to the union guys and playing to blue collar guys, that's still identity politics. Right. It's right. on a different. It's right. just it's on the other kind of side. A, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, I do. But I think the I mean, problem and, and is I, the Democrats really have to reckon with how do you right. support marginalized or more marginalized populations on a national election yeah. uh, without really screwing it up. And I, and I think the sort of sad part is too, like the, what the real issues that a lot of these people are voting for is like, are they going to cut Medicare? Are they going to, and all these things that we probably should cut like that, that like we probably are. Mm. Well, I mean, we're just, I mean, or social security, like all these things. How that we're, about we're we cut be some so, defense spending? Would be great. Yeah. I, I'm for that too. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm well, for most Republicans are not. Weirdly, most Republicans seem to think that the Defense Department is horribly underfunded, is how John yeah. McCain. No, I'm kind it. of in the more the Rand Paul view of that, okay. where with him, which is like we should be, if we can, you know, if we can be reducing our our um, military presence yeah. in places like Korea, yeah. we should be. Um, so I think we should move on to the next um, yeah. quickly while we have some time left to the next kind of big story of the week, which is like a bunch of little stories all that fall under the same heading, which is... <laughs> Isn't that our whole podcast? Yeah. Chaos. No, no. I don't think it is, actually. Um, chaos chaos in the administration. We have Tillerson oh, leaving. God. Yeah. Pompeo maybe facing a tough uh, nomination. Really? I didn't know that. A, a okay. tough confirmation okay. um, process. I would think he'd be so well-vetted in the CIA director. He's well-vetted, but the Democrats have a very strong incentive to make it tough for him. Just for, yeah. Okay. To become... I mean, uh, <laughs> we gotta have somebody running the government. Like they're not, yeah. But okay. Yeah. Um, um, we have Pompeo. We have this new woman being nominated to McMaster. lead the CIA. I was surprised you didn't even talk about Donald Trump's divorce. Donald Trump Jr.'s divorce. I mean, I so want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Should we talk about that? We can talk about that instead. Does that count as chaos in the administration? I think so. Well, I, I had a question I want to ask you before we get to the divorce thing, uh -huh. which is juicy for sure. Uh -huh. um, which is, you know, you and I have this kind of perpetual disagreement, which is whether Trump is doing a good job as president. And aside oh, from what I think of his policies, um, when I just look at his kind of administrative and executive choices, insofar as you can even call them choices, and abilities, to me it seems so patently obvious that he's a complete incompetent nincompoop. Yeah. And yet you keep wanting to argue that, in no, fact, he is being very effective. No, I, I don't think he's being very effective. I think it's it's a real mess. 
and I think it's <laughs> and I think it's a disaster. And I've kind of known that. I'm sort of like I feel like I'm in kind of one of these, like I'm at Theranos. I feel like a Theranos employee where like okay. I know she's lying, and like I know that we're in a defrauding company and we've just taken seven hundred million in, in, in investing, but like but. It, Things haven't blown up yet, right? And I just like keep on hoping the roller coaster is that, still heading that, down. Like, this we lab. can kind of somehow get out of this before it all explodes, kind huh. of thing. So and we're in a Ponzi, we're I, in a Ponzi scheme. I feel like we're in a Ponzi scheme. I feel like, <laughs> and like I just like hope somehow like it all works out, or like he just kind of like he blows up the government, but like that it. What are you doing? <laughs> um, um, yeah, that, that somehow like we pull through it, right. and I think that's how I feel, which is to say. It really feels very scary to me and like total chaos. And yet, like when I look at kind of the day to day, I'm like, oh, well, like, I feel like he's kind of making progress with North Korea in a way. And, <laughs> and I feel like the market seems to be responding well. And Wall Street seems to like the tax cuts. And, mm. you know, uh, maybe we're making progress with it gun is control a little and things. It is a and, little you know, confusing. You know, and so maybe this just kind of throwing a monkey wrench into things you know, maybe that somehow has, it doesn't make sense to me. Okay. And it and it's probably going to blow up. It's like 99% sure it's going to blow okay. up. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, we're, but, we agree but there. But at the same time, if I look at the day-to-day, I'm like, well, we're okay right now. Yes. And so... Affluent white people are mostly still okay. I guess it's just... A, it's Affluent even, white people who don't want abortions. Or in, be deported. In, yeah, or whose kids are not being shot but up I'm in not even schools. Sh- I'm not even sure that, you know, that the rising tide doesn't start lifting a lot of boats, which, which is to say there might, there might be people who are very much in the identity politics who are just doing better now than a year than they were a year ago, despite the fact that they're not with the person that respects them or... Yeah. likes them nevertheless they're doing better yeah and um, yeah I don't see it that way I see the only silver linings to me so far are that a generation of kids actually and young people seems to be galvanized into activism um, in a way that we were not when we were when we were that age no they uh, are no they absolutely are the walkouts at schools this week it was the, a million kids and my 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 daughter was one of them and and uh I can say that, and, and and I supported that. I think that's great. Like, yeah. um, I just don't think it's going to go away. I think that they are being activated good. in a way that I really hope uh, continues. You know that they yeah. that they, and I don't even care what side they're on, right? That they feel empowered to stand up for certain values uh, that they hold dear. Yeah. So, anyways, that's sort of how that's really how I feel, which is to say, okay. I don't feel like things are being handled well. Okay, because for I a just while think, you like but, you sort of thought well, he was like a like an evil it's, genius. It's it's. I think that if you worked at Theranos and like you were making a million dollars a year and you had this mm-hmm. woman out there kind of telling all these lies and like had raised 700 million and like everybody in the world were like, wow, you work at Theranos, let's put you on stage, on a, let's give right. you a TED talk. And like, let's call it, let's call it, you would sort of be like, okay, I know, but at least like she okay. projected an aura of, I mean, her, she's the opposite of Donald Trump. Because actually, she, she was, was a total fraud, but she projected an aura of competence and brilliance. Maybe. <laughs> like, Maybe. She's, Maybe. His, she's the opposite. To but me. I think everyone's like, well, it's all, re- it's all felt really broken to us. So maybe the right solution is just to really break it. And, um, <laughs> and I actually, I had a friend who voted for Trump. I didn't vote for Trump. But I had a friend who voted for Trump just being like, yeah, I just want somebody to just blow the whole thing up. And he's going to do that. And Only uh, somebody in a position of immense privilege 
could possibly, possibly have that point of view because he must have well, felt 100% safe. By that, you're defining half of the country because half the country voted for him. Uh, no, I'm saying people who voted for him in the hopes that he would blow everything up are either dumb, which I'm assuming your friend is no, not, no. or so privileged that no. they don't have to worry about their own lives being blown up. I think, or thinks that this that the system is so was so yeah, but that's so, my point. Was so is wrong that, sure. that it'd be better to kind of yeah, as long as his. I'm assuming that he wasn't hoping that his money was was taken away, or that his family was not deported, or that I, you have to acknowledge that. Come on, I I didn't agree with him. But I understood, without thinking he was dumb or privileged, I understood his viewpoint. Privileged is not a judgment. It, privilege is not like a subjective... I don't think he was particularly privileged. I thought he had he had a view, which I think is like... That hey, our government doesn't function very well. That our government is, is completely messed up and like and they're just going to keep taking there's all a difference this tax between, money Yeah, and, but there's a difference between shining it. a spotlight on something and, and it, blowing it up. I'm all in favor of spotlights and transparency. I am not in favor of blowing. I agree. It does not be. It's not a intuitive solution, <laughs> but it is. It is. Oh, it is a solution. And okay. and um, and uh, you know you have you should now now we'll have new problems, right? So yes. anyway, um, um, well that is that one was, thing we can guarantee for yeah. next week. Uh, next recording is that there will definitely be. Oh, you wanted to tease something. Some you had new I... some new problems. Yes. What did you uh, want to tease? Oh, the Russia poisoning thing. Yeah. So you have a theory. You have a Cuba theory. You want to quickly get to it? Or just tease it? I just wanted to say that I think okay, yeah. that if anyone's been following the story in Cuba, which is that the U.S. diplomats at the Cuba embassy yeah. or mission. Oh, yeah, yeah. They got, they got were some. They weren't even poisoned. It was oh, some uh, kind of weird, sonic like... sonic Exactly. They were yeah. damaged by... Yeah. Um, Microwaves. Yeah. Some weird thing. Yeah. Um, and... The U.S. responded by basically pulling them all out yeah. and blaming Cuba and saying, like, this is their thing. Yeah. I just want to say... You think it's all made up? It's the Russians. It's the Russians. Yeah, no, of course it's the Russians. Why is nobody saying that? Oh, Why are they not... If you read the stories, it's all kind of... I really hope someone yeah, figures no, they're that doing, out. They're, they're, they were, I think, wiretapping and zapping their brains yeah. with probably too high of... I mean, yeah. I don't know anything, but something probably some kind of radio wave or whatever. Yeah, but also, like, who has something to gain for putting a wedge between... The U.S. and Cuba. But I think, yeah, they were the probably Russians. some high, yeah. You know, like, but definitely. I, I, my sense is it was it was a mistake. My sense is that they didn't mean to do it. They were probably <laughs> right. trying to, like... That's above my pay They were trying to wire... They weren't trying to kill these people or hurt these people. They were trying to, like, listen in oh, to them. Oh, interesting. And, like, and did it really... Wired it really wrong and, huh. like, send, like, probably all kinds of microwaves or technology well, I really to hope, their brains. I really hope that one day we find out the truth about it because it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. But it, it seems to me if you actually wanted to poison people or whatever, like Russians can do that pretty them. easily. Yeah. As it so, turns out, So it they feels can. to me like they, they were trying to do something and they Interesting. It up. That's a cool. Well, I'm glad we brought that up. Um, all right, everybody. That's tune your big in, theory. Okay, tune in good. again next time. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, if, you're a, if you're a bear, let us know what you think. How we got it wrong. How we got it wrong. Thanks. <laughs>